we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I want to go to Luke chapter 19. I want to preach on the Lord half needs. I'll go to verse 28 and I'll read a little while and then I'll make my prayer. Luke 19, 28. And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. It came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethpage in Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at, the, at your entering you shall find a colt tied, whereon yet man, never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. If any man ask you why, do you loose him? Now, shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. When they were, when they were sent their way and found, even as he had said unto them, and as they were loosing the colt, the owners there said unto them, Why loose you the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. Of him. And they brought him to Jesus. And he cast their garments upon the colt, and they sat Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their coats in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice of all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees among them <clears throat> Said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Let's bow our heads, please, and make our prayer. Dear Lord, the meeting that we read about in Luke 19 turned out good. Would you let us, after we read it now, have it turn out good again? Lord, this meeting ended up with you being happy you were there. May we be glad we came. May we do what they did to make you happy. They gave right. 
and you were pleased. Lord, I don't have anything for these people unless you give it to me. Lord, the loneliest place on earth for a preacher is being in the pulpit and God not be there. So, Lord, please be here. Lord, these I'm speaking to, they're here. May they not be afraid of obedience and maybe take another step in their Christian life. Lord, there's somebody here lost probably. May they know that they can come and you'll, you'll receive them. We love you, Jesus, and I pray in your name. Amen. The theologians of which I am not one or the, neither the son of one, but the theologians, they believe this reading of this selection is about the most, one of the most joyful times in the ministry, earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus. Not counting his crucifixion and resurrection. This is one of the highlights of his life. I'd like to believe sometime that I could lead a meeting that would be a highlight of the life of Jesus. What made the highlight was they gave right. Now that didn't excite us. In fact, we're tired of hearing preachers talk about it. But they were glad. He was glad how they gave and some weren't glad and they said, why don't you have that crowd, get that crowd in check. The Lord said, I don't want to because I like what's happening. You probably know this, but Luke chapter 19, where's the, what they call the triumphal entry, <clears throat> is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Matthew records it. Luke records it. Mark records it. And John records it. So I ask myself, because I'm an inquisitive preacher, why is it recorded all four times and others aren't? Other events in his life aren't recorded all four times. Why is this recorded four times? And maybe what I can answer that for you is to say he, he wanted you to know how important it was to him. Maybe I could suggest to you that he wanted you to know how important it should be to you. Please the Lord. Now, there's some shocking things in this story I, I just want to skim. One is, I'm shocked when wor the words need and Lord are in the same sense. You know he's the creator. How could the creator have a need? Then I got to reading the Bible, and I found out he's a very needy person. I found out one time he needed water. 
to make wine. And he sent the servants to go get some water. I need water. Well, he filled the ocean with it. But he had need of it from us. One time I read where he was going to a picnic and a large crowd showed up. He said to Philip, we need to feed these people and we need to find somebody with the food. And he found the lad and said, son, I, I need your lad. I need your lunch. The Lord had need. One time he needed to pay his taxes. And he said to Peter, I need to pay my taxes. Would you go catch a fish? One time he said to Peter again, I need a boat. Can I borrow yours? Early in his life, he needed a manger. Then later in life, he needed a tomb. Here he needs a donkey. Why would he have need if he's a creator? Can I tell you why? Because he's no longer a creator. I know you know this. Sometimes we overlook what we know. He was only the creator for six days. He was not a creator the eighth day. He rested the seventh day, quit on the sixth day, and never went back to work. You know why he never went back to work? Because everything was done that needed to be done. And Brother Keen, you had me confused. If he's created nothing since the sixth day, then where's everything at? Where's the excess? He, because he created enough that the world for the rest of time would have its needs met. After the sixth day, he created enough that your needs for what you're trying to do can be met. So the question is, if he created, if he created a, enough, as long as there's time, he must have stored the rest somewhere. Where's the, where's the excess? You know, on, 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 on the first day that Adam was created, God had made enough to see him see the world through time. If, 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 he, if he didn't, how do, you, how do you explain the fact that he quit. He quit because it was all done and didn't need he didn't need work anymore. So I think I have to ask you the question, where's it at? Would you write this down someplace in your heart? Everything that we need is somewhere right now in some form. Everything we need 
is somewhere right now in some form. So I guess we have to ask the question, where is it at? How do I get at it? If it's there, how do I get access to it? Now the obvious answer is, we know it's there. We know what's there, but based on what he's promised for us. He's, he's promised, <clears throat> call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Everything we need is somewhere right now in some form, which simply means he doesn't have to go, to back, go back to work when, when he answers your prayer. I know you heard this illustration that I, I, I give it to you again. Peter, poor old Peter, we pick on him a lot, don't we? Peter was being shown through heaven by an angel and saw a big old long building and he said to the angel, what's that? And I always said, that's a warehouse. He said, what's in that warehouse? And he said, it's things God made for the sick, by the sixth day. And he said, can I look down through there? And he did. And he, he looked down through there and he saw long lines of rows of hallway with bins and some full, some empty. He said to the angel, how come those, some of those bins are still full? And he said, well, that's what he made for some, but they never asked for it. I wonder how many bins you have still unasked for, or how many do I have? And so the whole point is, uh, he, he's made it. You have, to, you have to believe he's made it because he's, he said he did. So the question is, where's it at? Where is it? Would you go back to Genesis chapter 1 just to, for just a minute, and let me show you a couple of verses that might help you. In Genesis chapter 1, and look, look at verse 11. <clears throat> Genesis 1, 11. And the Lord said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit yielding fruit, after his kind, whose seed it is. And the seed is in itself, verse 12. You know what that verse says in the Greek? It says in the Greek, you already have what you need. Are you sure that's in the Greek? I'm not sure it's in the Greek. But it does say you've got, you've got the seed. Um, he, he, he made the grass and he made all the fruit and all that. And within the fruit, the seed of more fruit is in the fruit you already have. That's really what that's talking about. And that's still true today. He still has need. And you have supply. Say that again, Brother King. He has need and you have supply. Now, how, how, do we get, how do we get it out? 
Well, first of all, why don't you write this down someplace? We get it out by claiming the promises of God. We get it out by planting seed. Can you imagine? Uh, I have a vivid imagination. Can you imagine when uh, God said to Adam and Eve, "You're gonna, you're gonna replenish the earth." There's only two of them. He said, you're going to plant seed. How does a farmer replenish the, 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 the field? He plants seed. You got here because somebody's in the seed planting. And I'm suggesting to you that Farmer gets by giving, the parent gets by giving, we get by giving. So we must we must believe what we already have, what what we already need is somewhere, some place, doing something. That's still true. Now, look at verse, go back to chapter 19 now of Luke. So, Brother Keene, how do you know it's somewhere right now? Well, what he asked for was already tied up down to hitching post. So what Jesus asked for was already in existence. If he made everything, then you must believe that it's available. So why was he so why was Jesus so happy about this day? Why did he tell the Pharisees, I, I, I'm not going to quiet them down, I'm liking what's going on. So the point is, what kind of offering was he asking for? Would you uh, look at verse 30 and I'll tell you. Saying, go in the village over against you, in the which at your inner end you shall find the colt tied. Would you just put down, the, the colt was already available. The colt was already there. Now notice what he said, whereon yet man never sat. You know what that says? Why don't you do something new you've never done before? I mean, I, I was born in West Virginia. I left there just as soon as I learned it was permitted. <laughs> and and uh, <coughs> but, but my brother and I, I have a brother 18 months older than I am, and we were ornery kids. We lived on a farm in West Virginia. My grandfather had... Uh, calves and uh, we, we'd try to ride them and we found out they don't want anybody riding them 
we were trying to ride something that had never been ridden before. And so this says this colt, uh, he uh, he was tied. Said he and uh, said he was uh, had never settled had he may settled him before. Maybe that talks about, won't you try a new giving experience? Well, do you ever, what's the, what's the largest offering you've ever given the dear Lord? Would you, during all this that you're going through, decide we've never seen them in this fashion before and uh, this, is, this is new and we need to give more? I think he was pleased with it because he gave a, they gave enough when they gave the coal to make a difference in the project. You probably are involved in a pretty big project right now. Maybe you ought to give a pretty big offering that you've never given before. Won't you give enough to make a difference? Would you write this down? What happened to the colt? Did you ever wonder about that? I mean, uh, first of all, it didn't look like he could make much difference being a colt. But he did. But now the, now the parade's over with. The street sweepers have picked up the branches and picked up the coats. And there sits that lop-eared donkey down at the end tied up to the hitching post. I wonder what happened to him. If I'd tell you, would you believe it? You ready? The coat owner got him back. So that's, yeah, that's in the Greek. See, when you give, what happens? You get. Did you ever read that verse? Luke 6, 38, Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured you again. You know what that's saying? There's a return. There's an investment. It's not an expenditure. Do you ever read 2 Corinthians 9, 6? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Proverbs 4 said if you give, you, you, you get, get your silos back full. Malachi said if you give, you'll open the windows of heaven. You know what I believe? I believe if you believe that, your problem is over with. So what happened to the colt? He went back to the owner. 
You know, I, I pastored, like your pastor, I pastored one church 35 years. I told him it wasn't always easy and wasn't always fun, but it was always right. I wanted to quit a lot more times than I did. But they were good to me, and they loved us, and we loved them. And uh, for one of our anniversaries, they gave us a, a, a brand new car. It was a Crown Vic Gray, longest car I'd ever owned. And I loved that car. I, I, I didn't worship it, but I, I loved it. I had a missionary come to our church. I can't tell you who he is. Well, I can tell you now because he's dead. <laughs> Bill Patterson. Anybody know Bill Patterson? He's a great, was a great missionary. He, he was driving a, some kind of beat-up old car. I know every time he went out on the road that the, that the, the uh, 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 tow trucks swarmed. <laughs> so I, the, the deacons just gave my wife and I this brand-new car. And I, <clears throat> I said to the deacons, I want to give my car to this missionary. Would you would you uh, endorse it? And they said, Preacher, it's your car. But I don't expect another one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gave him that car. Give and what's going to happen to you? Get. Do you know I can, my wife's sitting there, I can tell you, I end up getting, it's either six more cars and one pickup truck, or seven cars and one pickup truck. Honest truth, hold on. You had a good story? Why don't you go get you a story like that? Here's my last point, and I quit, I promise. When you give, you encourage others to give. I never have figured out where we were taught, never let anybody know what you give. Now, you could do it wrong. I know that. But you could do it right. Say, well, you know, the Bible says, don't your left hand know what your right hand's doing. That refers to piano playing. <laughs> You know, I read the Bible a lot. Do you, you ever wonder in the Old Testament when men went to give a, an offering if it was given secretly or was it publicized? I'll answer that for you. Did you? If a guy went to the went to the t t uh, t uh, tabernacle to offer a dove, now where did he put that thing? In his shirt pocket, feet up. <laughs> that was not given secretly. Or the guy's going to give an oxen. Where, where, where's he? How's he getting that down to the altar? End of a rope? And the whole point is, I got saved because somebody told me what getting saved to do for me. We might have more tithers if, we, if they were allowed to tell it. So now look here, if you would, real quick, and I'm going to make my prayer. <clears throat> look at verse 38. 
saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest. Now, uh, I better read verse 36. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. Now, where did they get the idea that he liked that? Because they, they were rejoicing, and then that caused others to give. And when they were uh, come nigh, even now, as the sin of Olives, the whole multitude, it started off just two people involved, two givers involved, two givers involved in, uh, up there. And now the whole multitude is praising God. The whole multitude is laying their clothes in the street. The whole multitude is saying, Blessed be the king in the name of the Lord. Where did, where did they get the idea to do that? They were encouraged by those that were doing it. So I think my question is, could we go home Jesus being blessed because of what we've done while we were here. Maybe get saved. Maybe serve a full-time service. The whole point is, there's a big stir at this meeting because people gave right. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.